So, John, if you were to do some kind of a skit to win an election of some kind, what would you do? Are we talking like a parliamentary election or a high school prom election? Or... Have you got different answers for each? I don't know. I've never really given it much thought. <laughs> I mean, if it was some kind of... Because the, they described it as a skit in this film, but it wasn't mm-hmm. a skit. They just did a talent number. They both just yeah. danced. Yeah. So <laughs> um, if it was just to do some kind of hidden talent thing, mm-hmm. I think I would sing Wannabe by the Spice Girls and do all the parts. I can, All five parts. Yeah, because I can do the rap word for word. So, yeah, All right. And I think that'd be a crowd pleaser. Go on. Yo, here's the story for our mate to be. When I get with me, you want to listen carefully. You've got M in the place who likes interface. You've got G like MC who likes it on an easy V. doesn't come for free. And as for me, hi, you'll see. Great. Well done. Yeah. Would you vote for me? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And today we have a special guest on, my young girlfriend, Louise. Hello. Hiya. Hello. Uh, so it's Napoleon Dynamite today. Um, Louise, why do you pick this film? Because uh, John said he'd never seen it and I think it's a really good film. So mm-hmm. it's one of my all-time sort of like faves. So I just thought, why not get John into it? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good enough reason. That's to be honest, that's the main reason why me and John pick any film is to make the other person watch it, really. Yeah. Whether they it. want to or not. Yeah, <laughs> it, goes, it can go either way. Yeah, um, and I think John, you actually didn't really want to watch this movie. It sounds like from what we talked about off air. Not especially. It's not that I didn't want to watch it. I'll watch anything, but mm-hmm. it's not a film that I've seen before, and it's not a film that really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know about it because it's very famous. I just remember the cover really putting me off. I used to work in HMV when this film came out, and I remember the DVD came out and. Just that cover with him standing there with his dirt face and then all the Vote Pedro t-shirts that were just everywhere and I was just like, ugh, screw this movie. Mm-hmm. And I just never, never really got around to watching it. So. <laughs> and now that you've seen it, the ultimate question? I'm sorry guys, I hated this movie, I'm really sorry. I really hated it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Look, look, I get it, It's a, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, it's clearly, you know, it's a very popular comedy movie. Obviously, it's a matter of personal taste. You know, comedy is. Louise is holding a lot in right now. Comedy is very subjective. I think I prefer the kind of comedy that has jokes mm-hmm. and characters who go on a journey and develop. And yeah, this film, I, I struggled with all aspects of that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Like I said, just a personal taste thing. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I know a lot of people love this movie. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't really get on with it. I really enjoyed it. Well, good. I'm glad you did. I quite liked the lack of plot or any Mm -hmm. kind of direction. It was just like, here's a a slice of regular life. There was no adventure sort of thing that was going on. It was not, here's these people, and then they're thrown into the situation. Sure. Here's this, but without the situation, this is just what they're like in this weird world. Mm -hmm. I think... Well, when I think of like my favourite film of all time, Muriel's Wedding, which mm-hmm. is also about like a social misfit who kind of dresses badly and behaves in ways that makes everyone not like her very much and, you know, alienates her and stuff. But then 
by the end of that film, you really love her. Like, because you really want good things for that character. And it mm-hmm. take, even though it's a comedy, it takes you on a journey with that character. I think the problem with this is that from the start to the finish of this film, Napoleon Dynamite was a person I would cross the street to avoid. Mm-hmm. And that never changed. Wow. So that was a problem for me. <laughs> and nobody else had any kind of personality. Like, tell me three personality traits that Pedro had. Luis? Do you want it to succeed? Yeah. I hate being put on the spot like this. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean to put on the spot. I don't mean to shit on your movie. I know you really love this film. I just, yeah, I didn't really laugh very much. Like, well, I not it... even at Uncle Rico. Especially, I feel like he was doing a bad will on it impression. Hmm. I was, I was, I was like sure. Trinity Taylor in Snatch Game. I was like, where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? I just wasn't, I wasn't receiving the jokes. So, sorry, didn't like this. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. just. It, the main character's lack of personality is mm-hmm. kind of what's going for it, really. Mm. And just everybody's just weird and nothing, and I don't know. Yeah. I, don't no, know what I completely there, understand that that's the point of the film. I'm just saying it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like there were there were moments. There were some moments that I found like amusing, mm-hmm. mostly involving wigs. Yes, like no, I did I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoyed Pedro's wig. Mm-hmm. I liked Deb. I thought she seemed like a character who had some kind of internal life. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else was just, like, they were just really one-dimensional. And I felt like Deb at least felt like she was a recognisable human being. You know, the girl with the side ponytail. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like there was a version of this film where she's the star that maybe I would have liked a bit more. Okay. Bit. Yeah. I liked her dream of, like, running a, you know, glamorous photo shooting mm. thing, whatever that thing was. I, like, I, I don't know, that, that was quite fun. And Yeah, she I heard her taking photos of Uncle Rico. She seemed to take her mission to... She was like, that's... The one. Yeah. <laughs> she seems to take the whole getting Rico a good hairpiece thing very seriously. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I think the storyline's quite sweet in the regard that it doesn't go over the top with that sort of like high school camaraderie, mm-hmm. but like when Napoleon meets Pedro, he obviously looks up to him and he's like, he likes his bike, he obviously mm-hmm. thinks he's a cool guy. So when he wants help with the election, like he helps him win it. Yeah. You know, and in the end, he does that skit for him because he's like freaking out and he's shaved his hair off and he's wearing a wig and he doesn't think he's going to win. So he pulls it out of the bag for him. I don't know. I think yeah. it's pretty cute. No, I'm sure. It, yeah, I guess I would have liked to have seen more of them being friends. There's no like conversations in this film. I think like I need like a conversation to happen rather than just he literally sits down and goes, so I guess we're like friends now. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even laugh at the line, like, you're drinking 1% when you could be drinking two. Is that because you think you're fat? Because <laughs> you're not. No. Yeah, no, I... It's a conversation, in a way. Sort of, yeah. I guess it's like, you know, teenagers are very angsty and nervous and they don't know the right things to say, so they just sort of say I nothing. I think that teenagers get played in the wrong way in, in these kind of films because mm-hmm. they're played by adults. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's my that was one of the questions <laughs> yes, I Yes, obviously, well, that's what I was alluding how to. Old it, how old is he supposed... Napoleon Pedro is actually 30. Yeah, well, I would have... If you'd have told me that Napoleon was in his mid to late 30s, I would have not been surprised. He was 20... Was it 28? 28. Yeah, we all looked it up. Yeah. Oh, fair enough, yeah. It, it Deb just... was 19, so she was like the only one that was cast kind of. Yeah. I think Napoleon and Pedro were definitely made up to look quite uh, bad. Well, surely like, I would hope up. everyone in this movie was supposed to look bad, because yeah. that was certainly the outcome. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even laugh at the grandma and the sand dunes. Come on. Was, that was quite funny. Yeah, Come yeah. on. I, I, I had moments. Did I just... you watch it all the way through to the end? Yes, of course. The cut scene. Yeah, I saw the cut scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Is that not funny as well? The song he sang. I can't remember what he sang. Oh, when he sings his little... Um, oh, yeah. As much as you see. I think it's... I've never really loved <laughs> cringe comedy very much. And it was just very like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like... Lena Fonda oh, truly loves him. I don't think it's cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you love me? Why do you need me? Always and forever. We met in a chat room. Now our love can fully bloom. Sure, the world wide web is great. What about LaFonda then? LaFonda. Uh, did, did, did you like how ridiculous she was? Just over the top? When she gives her na- um, Napoleon the tape, I think that's really cute. Yeah. Here, check this out. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask, is LaFonda supposed to be a drag queen? I don't know. I was getting, I didn't look up who the actress or actor was. I was getting a lot of like very masculine energy. I, I, I don't believe so. No, maybe it's because she's like six foot tall and he's like five foot three or something. I don't know, it was... It it, it, out, it seemed draggy, like... You seem draggy. Mm. I mean, she didn't say anything the whole movie. She was funny, but she didn't... She has, like, two lines of dialogue in the whole film. Well, Shondrella Avery. Okay. Well, if she's a biological woman, then I apologise for casting aspersions, <laughs> but I really thought, oh, he's... Oh, I, I thought that was the joke. It's like, oh, he's been in the chat rooms... And he's fallen in love with a man. And he doesn't know. And now this drag queen... It's a genuinely true love story. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, the drag queen's turned up. Isn't that funny? And then, oh, oh no, I guess it's just a woman with really unflattering makeup who's a lot taller than him. <laughs> no, I guess the joke that was that he was just completely punching up on this relationship that nobody thought was real in the first place. Sure, okay, yeah. Yeah, like when, when like, they get married and her like her brother's in the audience and he like puts his head yeah. in his hands. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. She's getting married to a dweeb. Yeah, no, I, that, that, I enjoyed Yeah, I got that. That, that was funny. I, I liked the whole horrified expression on the family members. <laughs> <laughs> the mum was literally like buzz-eyed. LaFonda, <laughs> Lucas, you take Kipling, Ronald, Dynamite to be your lawful wedded husband, to honour in sickness and health, till death do you part? I do. Kipling, Ronald, Dynamite, you take LaFonda, Lucas, to be your lawful wedded wife, in sickness and health, till death do you part. You know I do. I mean, do we want to start with trying to get a plot summary? I mean, good luck. There's, there's barely any. It's, yeah. it's not a film with a plot, really. That's the other thing. It felt really disjointed. Like It kept yeah. like starting little things and then just cutting away to something else. And I was like, well, maybe that'd be funny if you stuck with it for a minute or two. Like, no, of... there is a plot. Go, go on, then. Go for it. The plot of the film is that Napoleon Dynamite is a loner and a loser, and mm. the film starts with him like getting on the school bus and kind of like <laughs> talking to a kid that's like really loads like younger than him. Anyway, so he's not got any friends, and then it goes through like him being like kind of bullied in the corridor, getting like roughed around a bit, and you kind of think, oh god, this guy's got it a bit rough, and. Then you get a, like a bit of a glimpse of his home life. So his grandma has like gone away and left him with his thirty-two-year-old brother, who's like equally as sort of like unresponsible as Napoleon. So and then you kind of think of the home Where life are situation. Their parents are they dead? Perhaps. Maybe they just live with their granny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of feel sorry for him there. You're like, oh great, so he's not even got any like friends or family at home. Mm. 
And then Deb turns up on his doorstep. She's a girl from his school and she wants him to buy some like things off her that she's made or wants him to get some glamour shots. Yeah. Anyway, he embarrasses her and she freaks out. She leaves all of her stuff with him. I did so... I did chuckle at the line, for a limited time only, this is 75% off. <laughs> yeah. I just like it when she just like shoves it into his hands and then runs off. Yeah. That's totally something I would have done at school. Mm-hmm. Do you, know, um, do you know who that was, by the way? Yeah, I, I worked it out. The little girl, girl from, from the Waterworld. Waterworld. Yeah, so what a career. <laughs> yeah, so in leaving her stuff with him, that forces him to find her at school. Mm-hmm. So then in the school corridor, he sees t- the head teacher talking to a new student. So he just wanders over there and he's like, I'll help you out. Like, can I, can I help him? So yeah, and then the head teacher's like, yeah, sure. So he goes off and is friends with the new student, Pedro. Mm-hmm. And... Then Pedro kind of like builds him up a bit, like talks to him about girls because he's like this cool Mexican guy and he's got a cool <laughs> bike. And Napoleon obviously looks up to him, like doesn't, he doesn't outwardly say it, but you can tell, like he thinks he's cool. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about girls and stuff and they talk about the prom. And so Pedro decides to ask like the hottest girl in school to the prom and she says no. But he also secretly asks Deb as well. But when he tells Napoleon this, you can tell that Napoleon wanted to ask Deb himself, but didn't really have the courage. Anyway, Napoleon gives Deb's stuff back to her, and then they have the high school dance, and Napoleon asks if he can dance with Deb, so he dances with her, and you can tell, like, he's into it. (laughs) Then, after the school dance, Napoleon and Kip's Uncle Rico turns up because his grandma has broken his her leg in the sand dunes on some sort of lesbian retreat. Um, I did have some questions about that. Whole yeah, scenario. yeah. <laughs> she was well cast as well. Yeah, it's the mother from uh, Always Sunny, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, Max Mom. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he, she's on some sort of retreat, and uh, so Uncle Rico comes, and he kind of like ruins Napoleon's kind of like cool new self because he's like <laughs> I don't think he's particularly become a cool new self not massively but he's, he's, he's grown he's from the original character he's got a couple of friends now yeah I he had so. none before okay or cool. any family anyway okay. so Uncle Rico is really embarrassed he does loads of embarrassing stuff like tries to sell Tupperware to like mm-hmm. all of the neighbourhood it really cheeses Napoleon off. And okay, I also did like. Okay, maybe I'll laugh more. The throwing the stake is the, the football at his head when the, him and the Uncle Rico and Kit are talking about like football games, and he's like, oh, "I once threw a ball a quarter mile." <laughs> like, <laughs> now I was gonna say I really liked the bit where Uncle Rico's selling like the, the boat. Tupperware. I want that boat. Yeah, yeah. The, the woman was like just immediately like, "I want that. Like, <laughs> I want that boat." Like, I will buy thirty <laughs> crappy pieces of Tupperware to get. Try this and break boat. it. Yeah. I, I, I can't. No. <laughs> now, if you invest in a 24-piece set, I'm going to throw in a little gift. So what's the gift? I bet you folks don't have one of these. I want that. You see, this ain't your run-of-the-mill crapperware. These are some serious Newpont fiber woven bowls. So if we purchase the 24-piece set, the mini sailboat is included? That's correct, sir. So yeah, Uncle Rico ruins everything. He's really embarrassing. After the Tupperware, he starts trying to sell um, breast herbal breast enlargement tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, so Napoleon gets bullied a bit for that at school. 
Anyway, then the school election comes round, and Summer, who Fredro asked out to the school dance, is going to go Played for... Played by Hayley Duff, Hayley Duff's older sister. Uh, it's going to go for pre- school president, so um, Napoleon says that he should, uh, Pedro should run against her. So they, he does, and they like make t-shirts, and they go really go for it. But then Pedro has some sort of like freak out where he shaves all his head off and he's like really stressed about it. And he has to do a speech about like why they should win and stuff. And obviously um, Summer's one is really like good and everyone's like, yeah, vote for Summer. And then Pedro's is really bad and embarrassing. And then Napoleon's like, right, shit, okay. Uh, and then they get asked to do a skit. So Summer's does hers and it's like to Backstreet Boys or something. And then, Larger than life, yeah. Yeah, and then Napoleon does a really cool dance to Jamiroquai. Yeah. He does have moves, given that. that was oh, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how it, the dance started off, he's just looking there awkward with his hands in his pockets, and then he just really snaps into action. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's practised, hasn't he? Because yeah. he bought that um, little something or other dance tape. Mm-hmm. That I mean, he... there was so much plot, I ha- hardly had time yeah, to fit in that part. Cap, yeah, um. <laughs> there was more incident than I remembered. So. You know what, Louise, that was a really good plot summary. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, so then when they do the skit, it's really funny, and everyone, like, it's obviously not the coolest school on earth. There's quite a lot of other dorks <laughs> there, and the other dorks get really into it, and they all get up and clap Napoleon and Pedro. And then... Pedro had nothing to do with that. I don't understand how Napoleon's dancing skills equate to Pedro being a good president. I also thought of another funny thing about Pedro, though. Okay. When he gets the piñata of summer, and then he gets dragged <laughs> into the office, and he's like, in Mexico, that's just what we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the, the most... But that's, that was his dream. That's what he wanted to do. Sure, okay. So Napoleon's just encouraging him to follow his dream. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so in the end... Deb obviously respects Napoleon for his dance and what he's done. She's obviously like grown to like him quite a lot. And the whole thing through the whole film is that Napoleon likes to play uh, tug ball by himself. And then he asks Summer if she'd like to play. Deb. And Deb, and if she'd like to play. And then the film ends with them playing together as obviously proper friends. That's really nice. Okay. No, you're right. Like, like I said, you described that very well. And that is, you know, like, it just didn't make me laugh very much. That's all. Like, it's still, a, it's still a very good film. What situation did you watch it in? Last, last night I just watched it. Like, were you really drunk or what? No, why would I be really drunk? What day was it yesterday? Tuesday. Oh. You don't get drunk on Tuesdays, do you? No, mm. I, was, I was here. I don't just sit in the flat <laughs> just getting massively drunk on my own and watch films. That's not Forgive me, how I, I live I my life. I only ever see you when you're drunk. It's not true. We spend loads of times together sober. Drinking. Well, not, yes. not yet drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a stealth intervention or something? Do you mm. make watch this terrible movie just to like... <laughs> So you think I'm an alcoholic or something? Oh, look at that Sorry, face. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> what should we talk about next? What did you think about it? Why is it always on me? What did you think of this film? I really you said you really liked it. You've not seen it before. Like, what were your favourite No, I've about? seen it before this. You had to see, well, when did you last see it? Uh, three or four years ago, maybe. Okay. I, don't know, I just really liked the way that uh, that guy played Napoleon. He's just, he was just always funny. Every time he was on screen, there was something funny to look at. Or to, to experience. When he chucked the toy out of the window, yeah. like, it's just... I think maybe this is a film that benefits from being watched in a group situation maybe I did mention that Mm. maybe it's like not something you really watch because then you'd be like oh that's weird and also maybe it's something that maybe more times you watch it because you pick up on things that keep happening like I think I was just waiting for the film to be something else than what it was and maybe that's not Mm. the best I think I really liked it because I felt a lot of those feelings at school. I think, like I say, I think, I think that sometimes teenagers in films are 
portrayed to like either like a really bad dork who's got like big glasses, big teeth. Is like... that just what he was though? Yeah, but he gets cool. I don't know. They don't I always get cool see... in the same way. I I just I think this is, I just I didn't see that. I'm not just giving you. I'm just this is probably my not watching it in the right frame of mind. I didn't see a journey for him. I think that was one of the problems I had was that I found I just found him obnoxious, and I didn't like want good things for him. And I I liked Deb because she seemed like she was a bit vulnerable and she was. I think that's a good actress. I think she's just a good actress and like she didn't have loads of lines, but you could sense that she had a bit of internal life. Was it just felt like for me? I I thought like every time Napoleon was on screen, he was just doing this the exact same thing, same facial expression, same reactions, just like no God. Like, and I get that that's what teenagers are like, but I don't know, I just, I didn't like him. I think you really need to like some. I need to like someone to, to enjoy it. Unless it's going to go the other way and you enjoy hating them. Mm-hmm. And then bad things happen to them, you're like, good, yeah. You know, that can be a really good film. But for me, I just, you know, I, I just really struggled to warm to him, to be honest. But like I said, they were definitely, it definitely had its moments. Right? I did like when they, um, the cow, the, the, guy, the guy shot the cow in the face in front of all the children. That's that pretty funny. <laughs> That's the kind of dark comedy I, that I appreciate. I nearly like. wet myself when yeah. that happened this time around. <laughs> really, I just didn't quite see it all playing out the way it did. Just like mm. that school bus comes at the very last it minute. It just comes out of nowhere, yeah. yeah. Mm. I like the scene where he they goes to he goes to work on the farm for the day. That's so grim. Oh, yeah. it was just so the disgusting. Drink. Oh, oh, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it as well. It's supposed to be about like kind of like country life, and this is that kind of school. Not like it's not some sort of like glamorous Californian high school it's oh sure yeah it's mm. your local country bunkin kind of mm-hmm. high school okay so here's the thing like just to give you an example like when I'm when I'm watching the, the film for the podcast whatever it might be I always make notes mm-hmm. like, I'll write down things like, oh that was a funny scene oh that was a crazy wig or I like that character stuff like that I'll, I'll read you my list of notes for this film <laughs> uh, not all I'm just I'll, I'll read something once a second so first one is is he mentally ill second one is horrible shirts Third one is, why is everyone doing the same stupid voice? Fourth one is, what year is this set? Is this a movie about domestic abuse? The music is insane. I love that Hammond organ. Like, mm. It got so distracting. It was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then, these are sad and lonely people. Does he have crippling depression? And also, Pedro appears to be in his mid-thirties. So, I think I was trying to figure out what it was, what it was trying to be, rather than like, I don't know. Feels like you went with your preconceptions from when you were younger and stuck with it. No, I didn't go in. One, I honestly didn't go in wanting to hate it. I was really, I really came up with an open mind. I, it just didn't make me laugh. I much. think probably what I should have done when I uh, recommended it to you or said we were going to do it was, if I'd have known, if I'd have remembered, told you a bit more about what it was. Just being like, so it's a film with no plot, yeah. and the characters don't have much personality, but. Trust me, the comedy is really good. Sure. I think and you have then, to be then, looking for it. I think if you see, like I say, like in my plot summary, I, mean, I, I don't know, I, I think there is personality there, personally. Mm. I'm in the wrong. Loads of people love this movie. I'm not saying I'm in the There's right. no wrong or right. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, but I mean, the whole like, point of talking I'm not about say, it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I'm just saying like it didn't really work for me. But, hmm. yeah. I'm trying to be other funny bits. Oh, okay. I did really, really laugh at when he drew the picture of Trisha. And then he gives, and it's got that stupid note that's like, "You're going to the dance of that boy." Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just liked that he wrote. What did he say? It was something really funny, like, um, "There's more where this." Yeah, came there's more from. where this came from. This chance over it is this hideous portrait. <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then obviously because yeah, Uncle Rico is 
maybe shagging a mum or just selling them. Just wants to. Wants to maybe. Or, but anyway, he just somehow manages to manipulate the mum into mm. making her daughter go to the prom with mm-hmm. uh, with, with Napoleon, and uh, after which she promptly dumps him. Yeah. There's a lot more where this came from. If you go to the dance with me, yours truly, Napoleon Dynamite. You know you're going to go to that dance with that boy. Oh. What year was this film supposed to be set in, then? Like I say, it's a bit of a backwards country bumpkin sort of high school. I think it's the 90s, probably, okay. but it, or, or even the early 2000s, but it's not... It's not exactly like high income. Yeah, it's like, al- it's also not a film that's dependent on being set at a certain time. No, sure, I get that, but like, yeah, it felt like every song was from like nineteen eighty five or something. It was very the, the, the soundtrack. Like Backstreet was really, Boys. Really, oh, I guess they did Jamiroquai. not the Backstreet. Okay, yeah, okay, I take it back. I was thinking about the prom when they had like <laughs> Cindy Lauper and they had. You know, it's a bit of a classic. I've been at oh, many, oh, sure, sure, many sure. a dance with. Hey, Cindy I'm not. Lauper. I'm not criticizing Cindy Lauper. That was like a. That was like a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, oh, I like this song. I can cling on to this. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it felt like... And the fashion was very all over the place. Well, fashion was all over the place. So. Well, that was just part of the zaniness of the film. Mm, uh-huh. You know, the amount of people who were wearing wigs thinking they can get away with it. Sure, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't think they're massively with it with fashion, let's be honest. No, but, well, clearly not, no. 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 <laughs> but, you know, welcome to the country. Indeed, yeah. There were lots of weird little details. I didn't. I think they definitely made a lot of effort. It's obviously a low budget film. Mm-hmm. I think they made a lot of effort on like the set design and stuff. And like there were little things about. Oh, that's kind of funny. Like when he's on the phone and it's got a ridiculously long cable. Yeah. I said that to Harry. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in the school office and he just like walks off. Like she's like, "Can I use your phone?" And then like he just walks off with the phone. Yeah, like, how like, long is this? Like, is it just wrapped in like? coiled around the whole floor or something. Well, can you bring me my chapstick? Just use the school nurse's chapstick. She's got like five. Oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Hi. Is Grandma there? No, she's getting her hair done. What do you need? Can you just go get her for me? I'm really busy right now. Well, just tell her to come get me. Why? Because I don't feel good. Well, have you talked to the school nurse? No, she doesn't know anything. Will you just come get me? No. Well, will you do me a favor then? What? Can you bring me my chapstick? No, Napoleon. But my lips hurt real bad. Just borrow some from the school nurse. I know she has like five sticks in her drawer. I'm not gonna use hers, you sicko. See ya. Ugh. Idiot. I did like Pedro's shady background with his brothers when uh, Yeah, the oh. brothers are ace. That that might be the most no actually the most to laugh was the was the portrait when he gives that picture to Trisha. That they call really, it riding lo, ride, low riders. Yeah, yeah, but when no, it's it's when he's like when they're campaigning and he there's the other nerd who gets beaten up by the bully. Mm. And he's like he gives him one of those little thingies, what are they called? Um like wrist bands. He's like, Pedro offers you his protection. And then next thing, <laughs> just, for no reason, the brothers just like roll up in their low rider and just <laughs> shake their head at the bully and like, nope. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so you've enjoyed a lot about this movie. Fair you've enough. mentioned maybe, maybe, many things that you've enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I, I think, I think you're probably right that just while watching it with somebody else, you'd probably yeah. have a, a whale of a time with yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I need to watch it a second time. I think maybe it's one of those things where you just need to like, see the references and be like, I know where they're coming from and be like, oh, that's what this is, yeah. There's so I, much shit on this podcast that you watched twice and you didn't watch this one twice. I've not had time, I've been very busy. Mm. 
And I wasn't really inclined to, sorry. <laughs> what, I, what I like about this film is nothing about it is trying is trying to be is trying too hard. If anything, mm. it's not trying enough. And I quite like that about it. It doesn't like it's not yeah, it's just it just is what it is. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. It's definitely got a, it's got its own point of view. I and mean, yeah, it's not trying to be like it's not it's not trying to be like a, a Hollywood film and it's not trying to like no. make a big statement or say anything deep, like so. Yeah. And it's totally like at the time, because when it came, you know, forgetting now, we're like a fair few years on. When it came out, like high school films were just rife. Mm. You know, it, like you just had like um, American Pie being like the you know, one of the biggest movie, like teen movies of all time, you know, mm. multiple sequels. And like it's just shit. Yeah. It's only from the male point of view of like, you're yeah, sticking your dick in things and like mm. there's like one girl and they treat her like shit. It, it's just. It's it's t- it's like completely turning that idea on its head and being like, yeah, the the, the weirdos can win and have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not always going to get beaten the shell of an. No, sure, no, and that's that's something I you know obviously support and that, you know would like to see more of. I think it's because the, I think the main thing for me is that I'm like a dialogue boy. I like scenes where people have like conversations, and I think this film had very few conversations. Give me your tarts. Yeah, yeah, like that's. <laughs> I think the longest. <sighs> like, yeah, the longest extended sequence of dialogue in the whole film might have been like three lines. Like there was, there was just lots of like grunting at each other and being like, so, so yeah. And and, and and yeah, teenagers aren't the most in real life. Don't talk in the way that like they talk in Clueless or no, they don't. American Pie or whatever or Love Simon or whatever. Their speeches are utterly ridiculous. Yeah, they no, are. no one has ever done a speech like that. High of course, school. no. Well, it's adapted from Jane Austen, so yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked a bit when Napoleon started throwing oranges at Uncle Rico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He threw it at his car and Uncle Rico just going, ah! <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that is really yeah, good. his girlish shriek. Was <laughs> what the hell are you doing, boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything more to say or should we move on? Uh, no, we can move on to drinking games, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, for drinking games, the first one I've got is drink for moustaches. Drink for moustaches. Yes, yeah. Drink for wigs. Of course, drink for wigs. Drink for, yeah, drinks for wigs is absolutely in there. Who else? So, Kif has, that must- Kif has his moustache... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Rico, Uncle Rico has Pedro. A oh, so basically, everyone but Napoleon has a moustache. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think at some point Deb has a milk moustache, so maybe it's like a favourite. <laughs> yeah. Literally, everyone but Napoleon can grow a moustache. Oh, I love that. So when she has the like bit of bread just on her lip, I just said to Harry, like, that was me at school. Aww. Like someone just trying to talk to me, maybe like <laughs> like food all over my face and like blissfully unaware. Like, yeah, which is just surreal. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, I, that's one thing. I, you know, best performance in the film by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had, okay, this one really upset me. And I, I didn't drink last night because I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink all the time. <laughs> but this really made me wish I was drinking. Drink for disgusting, disgusting food. <laughs> it honestly turned me sick. The food in this film was Do you know I really fancied a steak after watching it? I really fancied some raw eggs. Oh, <laughs> everything looked cold and like raw and rubbery. You know, and the... the- Awful. The opening credits is just a series of plates of food. Mm. And that all looks really good. But then everything after that, I agree with you. It just looks rank. Mm. Like, like yeah. oh, this is a steak that was made, like, oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's and just it's been, been sitting. It's just been left out. Yeah. The milk that's been sat there, that's probably not even been pasteurised properly. And the... the bit when Napoleon does, like, a milk-tasting test, and it's, like, yeah. these, these giant, like, two-litre bottles of milk. Mm. One of them's yellow. And like he's probably not the first person oh, to just like drink patch. straight from oh. the like 
Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And the, oh, and there's, yeah, the tots. Like, who puts potato tots in their pocket and then just eats them like snap? Oh, God. I mean, they're barely edible at the canteen. Because, mm. you know, I went to, a, you know, I, I do remember, like, grotesque school lunches and mm-hmm. how, like, barely edible they were. The idea of putting, like, refried tater tots in your pockets and just well, munching on them. for comedy effects. No, I know, yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, I was just like, I might have dry heaved a little bit more than once. Like, the, oh, the bit where they, with the battery, the battery farm with the hens. Mm. Where it's like all the all the all the raw egg yolks that he's mixing up, and then there's like the sandwiches and there's flies. I think I actually dry heaved. I was like, <laughs> no, no, don't like this. My body is rejecting this whole set piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think at that point I would have quit the job there and now and I'd be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna yeah. go hungry today and walk home. Yeah. I know I keep joking, I tell you it, but it is like again, it's like in like say for example, Clueless, like Cher has a job with her dad at the lawyer firm, like yeah. you know, and then like you know. Because Napoleon's a country pumpkin, he's yeah. got to go work on the farm, you know. Like. Maybe I just like living in the wealthy fantasy, not in the grim reality of so. horrible so. undercooked food in sweltering heat in Idaho or Utah, wherever this film was set. Like. <laughs> it was Idaho. Okay, fine. I've got a drink for every new Napoleon t-shirt. Okay, yeah, he did have re- he had a lot so, of t-shirts. So much tie-dye. What's the? Tie-dye, yeah, they, they all seem like they were like, he made them himself, I don't know, like they were all like really washed out. They and... all seem like a colour with then like just some sort of a picture on the front of something. Yeah, but they but... all looked really, you know what I mean by tie-dye, they all looked really washed out and like, dye Probably just really old. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Always, always tucked into his pants. Just, yeah. I like the moon boots. The moon yeah. Boots, yeah, they were good. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this film, like like when it first came out, I wore my hair in a side ponytail for about three I weeks. I do love a oh, side ponytail. Of course you did. I do love a side ponytail <laughs> in a film, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so weird. Yeah. Did you get any Wes Anderson vibes from this? Oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. I thought that really worked for you. This was... The, yeah. <laughs> I found the colours really vibrant like a Wes Anderson film, and that's what I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of just weird camera work that just... You know what? Yeah. You know what it is? Wes Anderson. It's always rich people. This um, is Wes Anderson with poor people. I'm just not here for that. Thanks. Yeah. No, you make a good point. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You see the people who own hotels or... They themselves are just a millionaire family, or yeah, they'd be eating nice steaks that looked appealing that I would want to eat. Yeah, not horrible grey meat. <laughs> yeah, although I suppose Isle of Dogs—they weren't rich; they were homeless. No, that's true. But then the dogs, yeah, the dogs were poor, but the dogs were well turned out. Yeah. In, fa- in Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox, weren't they getting evicted? True. Well, I, I don't mind animals though. Uh, okay. Yeah. In his human films, so you like animals and rich people, basically. Yes. Yeah. I'm going across terribly in this episode. <laughs> you are terrible, John. <laughs> Louise, got a drink again? Uh, drink for every time Napoleon says... <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. He'd be very <laughs> drunk. Yes, you A lot of those. Yes. Um, my next one is, or my last one, drink whenever anybody falls over. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of people fall Some over. Some good falling this. over. Mm. My favourite was Uncle Rico again when Napoleon threw an orange at him. <laughs> Smacks him right in there. Yeah. There's lots of throwing of food in this film. I should have made that a drinking game. I didn't, but... As well as yeah. the food being disgusting, yeah, there's lots of throwing of food stuffs. Like, mm. Napoleon seems to constantly throw fruit and veg at Uncle Rico every time he sees him. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Rico throws a steak at Napoleon when he he's riding his bike. Uh, Napoleon, it's a football, actually. Napoleon, it was a steak at that time because it was... Uh, oh, yeah, it slapped him on the face. It was Kip's steak, he just grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just having a, an uncle-son moment together, eating steak together. He just grabs his steak and throws it away. <laughs> For uh, no reason. Yeah. Napoleon throws food at the llama. Is it a llama? Mm. Dina! Dina, don't Get your food, you fat little blard! <laughs> yeah, 
again, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> it's a llama. It's a llama, yeah. It's a farm. Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, but why are they feeding it meat? Because grandma's gone away. Okay. It wasn't meat, it looked like macaroni cheese. Okay, I don't think that's what you're supposed to feed a llama. I don't think they know. No, true. I have lots of animal <laughs> animal welfare concerns around this film because there's um, those poor battery hens as well. Mm. That was, yeah. Yes. I don't know if this film would pass Peter's, you know, standards. I don't know. Who's Peter? You bet Peter. He loves animals. Mm. P-E-T. I, I, I got you. Okay. Um, oh, did you see any more? No. Yeah, probably, but I hadn't, I hadn't written any down, to be honest. I... Uh, okay, so I have a few. Drink every time Napoleon runs out of frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seems to do a lot of just like when he gets awkward, he just like runs. And I guess Deb does it as well occasionally. So Napoleon does it pretty much the end of every scene. Basically, yeah, he doesn't seem to ever just like casually stroll off. It's mm-hmm. always, it's always just a little scamper you know, mm-hmm. with his head down. But he never like walks into it turns into a run. No, He's it's always, it's always zero and it's, just yeah. straight to sprint. I mean, yeah. on the end, he does arrive on a tamed stallion. Uh, I think <laughs> that it's definitely him coming full circle. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Mm. In his own way. Yeah. My next one is drink for obvious lies. <laughs> sure. He just tell a lot of very obvious lies in this one. <laughs> I did like how he used the same for when he's lying about having a girlfriend who lives in Canada or whatever he says, like, mm. and he uses the same quote unquote pic- glamour the photo. Yeah, the glamour photo that Deb gave him the day before. It's like with that airbrushed blonde lady. I like her bangs. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and drink for physical injury. <laughs> Yeah, like, Napoleon seems to get punched or nutted or hit with something pretty much every every ever scene. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's oh. the reality of bullying in school. All right, that's right. I didn't take away from this. Okay, didn't realize this film hit so hard for you. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. We didn't talk about uh, one character actually, which is the what's his name, the Taekwon. Ryan or Rex Kondo! Rex Kondo! I mean, but this is what I mean. This film is so good, it's impossible to me to remember all of the good bits. You think, I want to take a round ass kick to the face and these bad boys, forget about it! Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, this is such a good film. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to it. There's like, you mentioned a lot of funny things that I think have been in the background. Can you pull me into town? Like, <laughs> when you just pause him on the rollerblades. Now, his wife is definitely a man, right? That oh was my absolute... god, why is your obsession? She's on roids. Of course, she looks like a man. But the actor must have been, like, I'm concerned. Like, That's she... what roids does to you. But where did they find her? Women, Not... women who are bodybuilders take testosterone. That's a thing. I know, but she was really, like,. Wow, John. I'm not being. I'm not trying. Wow. I'm just. Are you saying that women can't have muscles? No, women it can. It sounds have... like that's what. You... I don't believe you would say Can that. Women have those muscles? Maybe not. Maybe that is what I'm saying. Wow, John. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't a value statement. I, I was think, just. I think that you should just reassess your life choices, really. <laughs> but yes, Rex Condé. That's a good. That's a very good bit. And when just Kip comes out, he's like, "What a rip off!" <laughs> like, <laughs> not doing it. Hold the wrist. The other wrist. No, my other wrist. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like a sl- he just slaps him off. No. Like. There's lots of actually yeah, drink Ow, jeez. Yeah. Drink for slapping actually. There's lots of <laughs> random slapping in this film. Right? Yep. Right, okay, so should we move on? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode or any other epi- any other episode, then you can show your support by going to patreon.com slash beyond the box set and uh, subscribing to us there for as much or as little as you think we're worth. 
two dollars, fifteen thousand dollars a month, whatever you feel like. Oh, we've not brought up the fifteen thousand dollar window in a while. Yeah. No, I think I think it's. I think we should push that hard. Yeah, because you know no one, no, no, one. No, no one subscribed in a while, so no, yeah. for fifteen thousand. So we've we got should, a new subscriber um, this week. Pardon? We've got a new subscriber this week. Fifteen thousand? No, for two. Oh. So I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at the lower end, but we have we have had a new subscriber. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. We'll have to get them on soon because once mm-hmm. a month we get a Patreon on to uh, pick an episode for us. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hiya. You got something to say? I'm a Patreon. Oh. Well, why don't you do the talking for me then? Little Miss Patreon. <laughs> oh, no. So, <laughs> Little Miss um, Patreon. <laughs> Sorry. The, 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 the Mr. Man series has really gone commercial. <laughs> 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 Little Miss Kickstarter. And, uh, <laughs> My book won't come out if you don't give me $2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So once a month we get a Patreon on uh, to choose the episode for us. They don't need to come in person, but Louise insisted. Mm. If you want to, you can Skype in, or you don't need to appear at all. We'll just do the film for you, if that's what you prefer. Mm-hmm. You're the boss. You pay the wages. Yeah. And uh, um, Usually I'm more enthusiastic about them than... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I won't always take a big dump on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, every month, every Patreon gets a 30-second 30, 30 advert slot on the main show, where they can... Talk about anything they want, their own podcast, their own business. Louise, you've got a business, kind of. No, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, thank do you want to talk you. about something I'm, else I'm for just... 30 seconds? Why don't you want me for 30 seconds? No, thank <sighs> you. I'd like to decline that offer. Okay. Um, thank you for having me, though. Okay, well, John, will have to edit something else in. Um, and the third thing you get, as if you become a Patreon, you get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review cinema releases. Mm-hmm. I believe tonight we're going to finally go and see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Finally, hopefully. And yeah. uh, we'll have a review for that one out quite soon. Yes. So, yeah, for all that, go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Indeed. All right, let's start pitching sequels. Uh, John, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? And we'll put Louise in the middle. Um, I can go first if you want. Sure, do, do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So... I did initially consider taking like the horror movie routes and just having them all get murdered because <laughs> I thought like what do you do with a film when you don't particularly enjoy the characters like kill them all. horror movies is a good opportunity to kill mm-hmm. them but I didn't go down that route I decided to actually go for a, a proper sequel pitch I thought about I actually did think about you know where these characters might be mm-hmm. so my sequel is called Napoleon's High School Reunion okay yeah very good. It is set uh, 15 years after the original, because this film came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. What year that means this sequel is set in remains a mystery. Like okay. e- Even to you now, having written to this? To me, I, having written this, it remains a mystery. So maybe it should be deliberately, like... Out of date. Yeah, like, it should be like deliberately Like it's gone 15 fake. years into the past, it's like 1980. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's, yeah, maybe they've regressed even further. Yes, exactly, that would be fun. Anyway, who knows. But it's 15 years after the original film... Pedro, Debs, and pretty much everyone else in the class of whatever, 2004, whatever year that might have been, mm-hmm. uh, they've all long since moved away to college and left town, basically. Mm-hmm. But Napoleon has stayed in town, mm-hmm. and he has become a science teacher at the same school at which he attended. Sure. So basically, his life has not moved on in the slightest. Uh, his colleagues don't really like him very much. His students have no respect for him. His life is completely unchanged. Mm-hmm. He's still quite depressed. Living in the city, he's living in the same house with Kip and the Fonder and their seven children. <laughs> I feel like they would have had yep, that makes many, a lot many sense. children. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, his life's in a bit of a real, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the 15-year anniversary of his graduation approaches, he volunteers to run the planning committee for the high school reunion, mm. which uh, nobody else has much enthusiasm for. So it just he just kind of takes it on. I'm thinking the sequel's going to have a similar theme to the original, where it's not going to be very plot-heavy. It's just going to like 
be incidents, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, so yeah, if you think of it as tonally similar to the original. Sure. So yeah, he starts setting up the 15-year high school reunion for the school. Uh, he doesn't have any contact details for anyone because nobody wanted to stay in touch with him. So um, he's forced to track them down via a combination of online stalking and private investigation, with the, for which he reluctantly <laughs> enlists the help of Uncle Rico. <laughs> so he'd make a good private investigator. Yes. Right? I, I mean, not a good one. Not a good one, but he would he, he would he, conceivably be a private investigator. He'd give it his all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, the, that's them working I'd, together. I'd, I'd watch that TV show. Yeah. I actually think this is pretty sellable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If you say so yourself. Yeah, if I do say so myself. Um, an improvement on the original? Maybe. Who could say? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they start with Pedro, obviously. Now, Pedro has sadly been deported back to Mexico. Aww. You know, that's the way the American government is these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Napoleon and Rico must mount a daring rescue operation to sneak over the border. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have valid passports. Because I don't think, I don't think, I don't get the sense that they do a lot of international travel. Mm-hmm. You know? So they have to sneak across the border to track Rico down. And it turns out he's now the mayor of a small town just outside Tijuana. Mm-hmm. So he's kept his political career, basically. <laughs> uh, he's not particularly interested in coming back to Idaho, but he soon changes his mind when he's exposed for corruption and forced to make a swift getaway after falling foul of a local drug cartel. <laughs> so like, maybe that's like Napoleon and Rico accidentally getting exposed for like you know taking bribes or something, and then the drug cartel comes after him and he's like, they have to make a run for it, basically. So I'm just thinking that Napoleon and Rico are going to be going around just causing chaos for everyone that they meet. You basically. idiots! Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then that forces Rico to join them, and they have to uh, somehow get back across the border to America again. True. And then Rico's just on the lam, essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at least they've got him now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next they have to seek out Deb, obviously. who She moved to New York after college, and has become a successful photographer for lifestyle magazines. You know, there's ones where like celebrities do, like, here's my gracious drawing room, like, you know, just showing the house and stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, that was what she was doing. She liked to compose photos. So I thought, let's, let's, let's say she succeeded. She mm-hmm. got to it. She also had absolutely no desire to attend the reunion because her life has got a lot better since she left that town. Mm-hmm. But again, Napoleon, Pedro, and Rico kind of gatecrash her life and actually gatecrash a very high-end photo shoot that she's doing for a magazine with Barbara Streisand. Okay. Causing her to get fired. Aww. Yeah. You don't fuck with a Streisand photo shoot. So she winds up being fired and so she has nothing better to do and she also reluctantly agrees to attend the reunion. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only other characters I could think of for this like wild road trip to recruit other characters because it seems like there's actually not actually that many young characters in the film. So I thought, well, where are Trish and Summer, the two popular girls? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, they can just be, they've not gone too far. So they've just moved to the next town over and they run a small dance studio now where they teach children inappropriate dance routines to popular chart hits. Of course, dance moms. Because they do the whole, you know, there's the, obviously there's the larger than life dance routine that they do at the presidential election thing. And they do the love, it is a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a, yeah, there's a moment randomly where they're kind of doing sign language dance yeah, sign language, yeah. The Rose by Bette Midler, which I didn't understand, but sure. Uh, so yeah, I thought maybe they continued doing that. Anyway. I would have thought you'd love, but... <laughs> Sure. I yeah. like the idea of it, but then it's cut out really quick. I thought they were get, going to get progressively more ridiculous, but it's just like, oh, they're dancing to the rose, that's weird. Oh, and then they moved on. And then we're never going to mention that again. Like, I don't know. Just, it's just supposed to be like an embarrassing high school moment. Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's like, it's like when they do larger than life and it's mm. not sexy at all, and then like no, no, no. The, the boyfriends in the audience are like, whoa, yeah! No. But it's mm. like, actually, the dance moves are like glorified funky chicken. Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always wondered in that dance sequence, why was she not in the centre? Like, she was just dancer number two to the left. Mm-hmm. Do you mean Summer? Summer, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's her thing. Sure. Well, I mean, I the know. election was Pedro's thing, and yet Napoleon was the only yeah. other dancer. I think so. she was probably, you know, 
showcasing teamwork. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm, sure that, I'm sure that's what she believed in. Yeah. So they're actually quite bored. So they're very much eager to attend this reunion. And they also ask if Uncle Rico is still in the herbal bust investment business. Because <laughs> now, right. now it's been 15 years, they kind of need it. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the nicer the big dance comes, they manage to get most of the rest of the students back to the town to, att- to turn up. Mm-hmm. And so, most like the original, it's going to be, you know, very kind of low rent, just a, you know, badly decorated dance hall. And, you know. Anyway, all the adults turn up. However, disaster strikes when the sound system that Uncle Rico has rigged up for the event blows a fuse, mm-hmm. leaving the dance floor uncomfortably silent. Mm-hmm. So it's all like everyone's just staring at each other. Nobody knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the nightmare only kind of disco at night. Kind it of, really like, is. When the music stops, and like, oh God, what, no, what is this? Talk, yeah. where, where am I? Why am I here? This is awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Napoleon decides to break... Happens every night you leave it. Because they have to turn it off at the end. And then you just... They don't do cold turkey. They don't like do a nice last song in places I go to. They just cut it off. What places do you go to? Awful places, John. When, uh, when have you last been at a nightclub? Probably with you. Oh, the penny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it finally gets to 5am or whatever. Yeah, it's the only place I ever go to and I'm never happy about being there. <laughs> and I'm never happy I went. <laughs> well, I can't wait for us to go again. Um, so Napoleon breaks the tension by walking into the middle of the dance floor and silently recreating his iconic canned heat dance. So but same, silently, though. So, yeah, there's no music. He's just doing it to complete silence. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and again, there's going to be like an awkward moment of everyone being like, what are we watching? But then the whole audience erupts into cheers, uh, just in time for the sound system to kick back in. And then everyone everyone enjoys a good old dance to something cheesy and upbeat from the 80s. Does the sound system kick back in like with canned heat at the exact point it should be in his dance? No, or- I think he finishes the whole dance in silence and then everyone cheers and then like it kicks back in with like something okay. a bit more 80s dancey like okay. I don't know Uptown Girl or something you know <laughs> sure just something that gets the crowd going Uncle Rico could be like on a ladder just like you know with a wrench just you know trying to fix everything is he getting electrocuted in the background is he like holding two yes. wires together absolutely like yes. the current passing for, the, 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 the music's passing Perfect. through the yeah. wig balancing yeah. in the wind yeah. he actually dies yeah. <laughs> he died sure. for disco baby yeah sure yeah <laughs> Perfect. He goes back to the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, he sacrifices himself to take it back to the 80s, yeah. Okay, great. But that's all in the background. In the, we'll and then, see it, and that, then it's yeah. like later on in the film, he comes back and he's got a grey wig on. Well, no, no, no. The post credit in the original was a wedding. The post credit in this one is Uncle Rico's funeral. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, his funeral, but then, he, but then like, he turns up. Oh, no, he's like, dead. Because he went to the past and then oh, he comes back. No, he's dead. I'm killing him. Hey, you put time travel in my head. I can't let it go. <laughs> anyway, oh, actually, I forgot. I already had a post-credit scene. So maybe there's two. Okay. This is gonna be a mid-credit scene. So yeah, I thought it was gonna end with a triumphant '80s dance, basically at the prom. Mm-hmm. But then I think there should be a scene where Napoleon is slow dancing with Deb, and then he gets down on one knee and asks her to marry him. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Absolutely not." And then she goes back to New York and never speaks to him again. No. Sorry, I just think it's realistic. She got out of it. She escaped. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be a very Napoleon thing to do is to be like, to, to propose to her like, out of nowhere, when she's shown no interest whatsoever. Like, Does he then go, ugh, and yeah, yeah, and then he goes like, lucky, or whatever, yeah. But probably unlucky. Unlucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I love that line. Lucky. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah, yeah, he just makes a noise, yeah. Mm. And then we leave Napoleon pretty much where we found him. And uh, yeah, that's the end of uh, Napoleon Dynamite's high school reunion. Oh, okay. Hey. Very good. Excellent.
I mean, that sounds be. quite depressing, but yes. Oh, it's pretty funny. We're going to play all the death and destruction and misery for laughs, you know. Sure, sure thing. So Louise is now opening up her um, very neatly written up, uh, typed up, I should say, sequel heart. So in The Point of Dynamite, if you've seen the film, there's various notes passed between the characters about the prom. I like how you're currently pointing your note at the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a camera. For my my homework, I I put sequel and then I put a heart around it and I put an exclamation mark with a heart and that's what they do in the film. So I thought that was a cute touch. We appreciate your attention to detail. Thank you. Right, um, so mine's Napoleon Dynamite, The College Years. Uh, Napoleon, Deb and Pedro all graduate high school. Deb mm-hmm. and Pedro go on to attend Idaho State University, but Napoleon stays at home to help look after his grandma, who's still suffering from that dunes accident. <laughs> um, and he's looking after the farm as well, because they kind of like live on a farm. Now, Grandma is suffering from the dunes accident. However, <laughs> is she still riding a quad bike over the dunes? I feel like, I feel like nothing's going to stop that woman. <laughs> yeah. Can she be riding like an electric wheelchair over the dunes instead? Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, okay. But like so a you pimped out electric wheelchair that's going pretty fast. Yeah. You could insert scene of like them all throwing the hats up, graduating high school, yeah. and then Napoleon turning up at home and his grandma being like, you gotta look at Tina in the farm. I'm going back out the dunes. <laughs> like, and him being like, but I, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, so he maybe he wanted to go off and do his own thing too, but he doesn't really feel like he can. And Kip's, Kip's living the life with LaFonda, you know, mm. somewhere. So it's down to Napoleon and maybe Uncle Rico intermittently to uh, look after the farm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so when um, they're leaving to go off to university, so they're saying their goodbyes, and Napoleon struggles to show Deb his feelings. Um, and she ends up becoming quite a bit closer to Pedro because they both go to the same university. Mm-hmm. Napoleon, you know, sort of dreams of becoming a comic book artist, you know, taking his ligers to the next level. <laughs> uh, that's the lion and the tiger mixed together. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know. Um, in case you didn't know. But he fears his work will never really get picked up or noticed because, like, his only two friends have gone off and left him. He's kind of back to... It's back to the original Napoleon and Dynamite from the fir- yeah, from the first film. You know, he's 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 down in the dumps. He doesn't really feel like he's got anybody, even less than he did before, because Kit Kit's not even there anymore. Even he has moved on. Oh. So tensions are strained between Napoleon and his friends. One night he calls Deb, uh, who's at a big frat party, uh, and she is kind of not really paying much attention to him on the telephone. And she's doing a beer bong, and there's loads of noise in the background. He ends up just hanging up the phone on her in, in frustration because you know she's not really she's not really there for him anymore. She's she's doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Napoleon's birthday approaches and he kind of believes that he'll be spending it alone with his grandma. He's back from the dunes. Little does he know that Deb and Pedro have organised a surprise birthday for him at the local comic book shop. So the party kicks off and having a really good time. It's kind of you know not dissimilar from the school dance at the school. Mm-hmm. It's like music. They're kind of catching up a bit. And at the party, Pedro announces to Napoleon that he sent some of Napoleon's drawings to Image Comics. Uh, so they who do like The Walking Dead and Saga and loads of kind of like indie comics. Mm-hmm. And Image Comics were interested to meet him and discuss a graphic novel idea with him and the Ligra. <laughs> the Ligra. The Ligra. <laughs> yeah, the Lion and the Tiger. Ligra. Ligra. Pedro and Deb persuade Napoleon to go to the me- meeting and Image offer him the chance to write his own novel. Um... The end credits are pages from the novel. Oh, okay. So he finally finds his calling. Yeah. Yeah. I always like reading the IMDb uh, trivia page for any film that we do. And there's always one that makes me laugh. And the one that made me laugh for this one was it was um, like, throughout the film, Napoleon draws pictures of ligers. Ligers really are 
the product of, a, I think, a male tiger and a female lion, or vice versa. Anyway, they're a real thing. However, in real life, they do not have mad magic skills. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also loads of, like, weird cartoons. There's this sort of, like, kind of, like, He-Man-looking he character. And there's, like, yeah. Yeah, a unicorn lady who likes big boobs and a no. big ponytail. Mm. He's a very talented artist. It's, it's the fantasy. His, com- his comics have come a long way since then. But, yeah. Great. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. But again, it's like there's not much plot there, but you'd mm. flesh it out with like jokes so and fair, weird when, yeah. things. That when, you, when you said that the surprise party was going to be in a comic book store, I thought you were going to go in another direction and have Napoleon join the cast of The Big Bang Theory. Oh, God, mm. no. Because I feel like him and uh, Sheldon would get on very well. <laughs> Perhaps mm. so. Or, or like. Or very poorly. Yeah, yeah, like the complete opposite. But yeah, yeah no, that would be an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so going to mine. Um, I've picked a TV show. Oh, okay. Is it The Big Bang Theory? No. Okay. <laughs> um, following the lives of the main three characters. I was going to ask if you could pitch TV shows. Oh, yeah. Pitch whatever you want. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Sorry, Carol. Well, now you know for the future. Um, so it's going to pick up when they all get into college, um, as, as we all seem to have done. Mine was also, well, mine was only a reunion, so technically, you know. Okay, sure. Well, my, this is only season one anyway. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> TM. Uh, picks up we're all in college uh, in a bigger town than before and we follow a more intense kind of campaign for Pedro to once again become class president so they've all graduated moved to a larger town and now Pedro is running to be president of a larger community yeah okay of like university or whatever great right? sure campus ca- yeah sure yeah campus uh, president I that's of English sure um, and so instead of the gangsters just pulling up in their cars to scare off bullies well that kind of thing happens in bigger towns in America mm-hmm. um, they will actually show weapons as threats okay everything's bigger and badder okay like as any sequel should be just bigger yeah. badder more yeah, mm, yeah. Um, and instead of pinatas uh, Dub will actually organise a sorority party for all the other other people running for president spike their drinks and send them to a fraternity next door okay again bigger and badder okay Thanks. that sounds truly sinister grim yeah I didn't think Deb had that in her she seemed like a nice girl she was but then she got a bedroom oh, okay at the end of the season, instead of a single dance performance by Napoleon, it'll be a full dance-off with many entries. Okay. What, including Deb and Pedro? Or are we talking Napoleon versus a bunch of like? Yeah, maybe, but it's, but, it's, but it's all like sponsored by Pedro's campaign. Oh, I see. Okay, so he's paying like, for... Hey, you, you, enjoy, you enjoy this uh, this night of dancing um, to Jamiroquai songs? Sure. Vote for Pedro. Okay, okay. Still going to be Jamiroquai? Yeah. Just yeah, endlessly it, hip Jamiroquai. Yes, yeah. it's all in the name of ending conflicts in college and the good vibes of Jamiroquai. Okay, great. <laughs> um, in season two, uh, this is going to be set a few years later. They're, okay. they're all out of college now, and uh, Pedro is—he's enjoying his political campaign. He's now going to run for Congress. Oh God, here we go. It um, sounds like that TV show Election that's coming up. Have you seen? Have you watched it? Heard about it now. It's about—it's from American Horror Story guy Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy, and it's the—it's following one kid from like his class president's election to his college president election to. Joining this, it's like one kid's journey to be like a corrupt American politician, and every season's apparently going to be like one election that he fights from like college through mm, to. Okay, sure. I guess he's going to end up being Donald Trump or something. Sounds yeah. repetitive. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a typical rhyme and everything. It's got Jessica Lang in a crazy wig. Okay, so yeah. Oh, I thought she'd kind of retired. Yeah, she's back. Anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't. I interrupted. So What's now they're that? running. Now the season two. He's running for local government, or yeah. national government, maybe. Yeah. Congress, whatever. Congress, whatever, national whatever, government, then. Whatever, whatever that is. Yes. Um, with Napoleon as his assistant, and uh, Deb is there, too. Deb's just there, hang yeah. on. Head um, of press. Pardon? Head of press, maybe. Sure, yeah, something like that. So, polls don't actually show that he's doing very well, and 
Napoleon, who is doing his best assistant work, suggests that it actually could be because of his Mexican name, mm-hmm. which doesn't appeal to American voters very well. Sure, yeah. Duh. Probably would be true. So Pedro decides to ask Deb to marry him and take her last name. Oh, okay. Very modern. Yeah. Doesn't um, change the fact his name's Pedro. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't change your first name. Well, he'll just Mr. Mr. <laughs> I'm not necessarily picturing the most, you know, the, the, the best thing. It's supposed to be in this front. Anyway, um, so after he proposes and she says yes, he finds out that, weirdly, and unconveniently, her last name is actually Sanchez. Okay. Um, so their names don't change. The solution to this, which Napoleon So they've been offers, friends for now years and he's never found out her last name. Yes. Okay, okay. that would make sense. Uh, the this solution to this that, that Napoleon comes up with is to offer his last name as an extravagant wedding present as he's known for. Okay, so now that he's Pedro Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And she's Debbie Dynamite. Debbie Dynamite, right. okay. I mean, so I'm not entirely sure that Napoleon Dynamite is actually Napoleon Dynamite's real name. They did yeah. say it in the film. They, def- they definitely did. I think it might have said it at the wedding, Kip Dynamite. They said, like, do you take Kip Dynamite to be your lovely husband? So she was the Fonda Dynamite. I guess, yeah. Wow. Hey, I didn't write the ridiculous surname. No. But I'm going to go with sure it. I'm sure I just said, do you, Kip, take... Anyway, go. Kip, Lynn, Ronald, Dynamite, do you take the Fonda, Lucas, to be your lawful wedding wife? In sickness and health, till death do you part? You know I do. So Pedro then relaunches his election campaign as Mr. Dynamite, and it, and it does much better, but still isn't winning. So Deb comes up with the idea that they should do what they did in college and do a dance-off for his election. Okay. A nationally televised dance-off. So they start off a TV show called The Dynamite Dance-Off with Mr. Dynamite. Okay. And despite Pedro and Deb hosting it with their dulcet tones, <laughs> Napoleon's directing really brings the show together, and ultimately it brings his, uh, Pedro's popularity uh, up enough that, along with a bit of Mexican gang threats... Um, he wins his election and becomes a congressman. Okay, great. Well, so, he's, so, he's, so he's got the Mexicans working to kind of take down his competition, okay. as always. Sure. So yeah, well, can we have like some cut scenes of his brothers just like beating up all the other congressmen? That sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Okay, so then season three, the oh. final season. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> Thanks. <What>? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> season three takes place a few years later when Pedro decides... He wants to become president oh, great. of the United States of America. He's gotten close with uh, President Kip, Napoleon's brother. Okay. Who? He's already been the president. Yeah, he's already been. Uh, things go well for Kip. Okay. Wow. Okay. Sure. That's a. Don't give me that look. The film's weird. I've done a weird sequel. Okay. I'm trying um, to imagine Kip giving like a presidential address. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I think it would make more sense if La Fonda was the first female president and Kip was like the first man. Sure, we can switch it, but probably doesn't really. I feel like Lafonda would be too strong as a president. I, I oh, mean, you need a yeah. weak president. Yeah. Okay, sure, fine. So Napoleon has has organised a fake conflict at the Mexican border mm-hmm. um, using uh, Pedro's gangster friends. Mm-hmm. The Mexicans, apparently, they say, they want to get onto the dynamite dance-off. Okay. Uh, Pedro convinces a very stressed-out President Kip that he is no longer the right man for the job and that Pedro, Mr. Dynamite himself, is the only person who can calm the situation. So President Kip steps down and President Pedro Dynamite is sworn in as the President of the United States, with Napoleon as his Chief of Staff and Debbie Dynamite as his First day, first Lady. Oh gosh. This is like some sort of like Breaking Bad, the West Wing crossover. Yeah, like, I, was th- I was thinking of the West Wing. Mexican well. gangsters slash the West Wing. I'm nearly like. finished. <laughs> uh, the Mexican conflict finishes immediately, as it was fake anyway. Yeah. And then we get a few episodes of them as the first family. Deb gets pregnant... Pedro, now that he's reached the highest level of government, has nothing to quench his thirst for more power, so he's quite intense about trying to invade other countries. Could it turn... Thank God the only female character, you know, really lived her 
dream and fulfilled her purpose. Just ended up pregnant, yeah. I'm doing a thing here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when he does eventually try to invade the other countries and increase his importance in the world, the US is thrown into chaos, and uh, Napoleon, the only person who seems to all see sense here, he has lost complete trust in Pedro and starts to see him as a danger. So he conspires against him, and eventually he kills him in the Oval Office, murders him with a uh, an envelope opener. So it's become House of Cards. Um, yes, and that's that's the end. I called okay. it House of Dynamite. House of Dynamite. Okay. Can we have? I essentially ripped off House of Cards. You very much did. Can we not? Ha- can we have lots of like House of Cards esque like turns to the camera, like narrating to breaking the fourth wall? Totally. Yeah. Because Pedro like never. Actually, that'd be that'd be really good from all their different yeah characteristics. Give them all the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how? Why not? I, I, I made I made Debbie pregnant because Robin Wright Penn was pregnant with Frank's child in the end. She also got to be the president though. Maybe she should be the one who, ta- who kills him and takes over. She and was, she Napoleon was, gets stabbed. And she, maybe she stabs Napoleon. Like, maybe Pedro dies off screen because the actor touches some children or whatever it was Kevin Spacey allegedly did. <laughs> I, didn't really want, I didn't really want to lean into that route, but yeah. Sure, sure. I think I wanted to lean into the original plan for um, House of Cards, which yeah. I could only guess. I like the idea. John didn't love a film that I love, but he didn't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went with it for the... All right, sorry I based mine off a TV show about a paedophile, but... You know. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, I'm protect our legal rights. I know, thing. I know. Um, <laughs> no, no, I think, it'd be fu- I, think it, I think it'd be funny to... I would, do think it would genuinely be funny to have like the House of Cards set up with the constant wall-breaking, mm-hmm. but obviously in House of Cards, everyone speaks in like theatrical tones and mm-hmm. like, you know, speeches, but instead it's just like... <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you know, just look at the couch and be like... No. <clears throat> Like, just do that. But then, I do think that Deb should be the one to end up killing. I think Pedro should kill. Sure, switch it around, yeah. I think... Pedro should end up pregnant? Maybe, yes. <laughs> I think Pedro should die off screen. Deb should come to power. Napoleon should try and overthrow Deb. And then Deb should stab Napoleon with an envelope. Sure, you know what? That is better. Yeah. 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 But no, I think that's a good, interesting crossover. Be yeah. So that's House of Dynamite. House of Dynamite. Like, it sounds very unsafe, House of Dynamite. Like... I, I, again, I again, want to again, live in that house. Again, yeah. I didn't make the name. True, true. Well, you did. But, but no, I didn't. It's Napoleon Dynamite. No, but you, you okay. You, you but the, but squashed the, them together. Yeah. But the, but the credits of every episode would be Dynamite by Jamiroquai. Oh, God, so many Jamiroquai songs. Okay. <laughs> did this whole idea come from that? What? The, well, you, they wanted to make that Jamiroquai song part of it. No. Okay, fine. Any idea would be able to have that because it's Napoleon Dynamite. It's well, you, need song, you, need song called, you need a song called Dynamite, though. Well, yeah, well, he has a song. Whatever. Move okay, on. Okay, fine. Very good, Harry. Thank Very you. Okay. I, don't be- I don't believe you think so, but. No, it's good. You know, you don't, you, you don't seem to like anything this episode, and I don't like you this episode, so let's move on. Wow. Mean. Uh, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to get to listener submissions? I believe we are. Okay. Okay, okay so Carl Django Reganit. Reganit. You're probably closer the first time. Nobody's called Reganus. <laughs> <laughs> um, says, a sequel where they go on a school trip with Uncle Rico as their bus driver. Okay. The bus breaks down in the middle of nowhere. Then a monster comes up and starts picking them off, feeding off their fear and taking specific body parts and the... Wait, that's Jeepers Creepers. My bad. Okay. Interesting take, sure. That works. And I guess that's kind of what you'd like to be. Kill, Kill all. all, yeah. Joseph Busby says, many years later... Pedro is a small-town mayor running for Congress when Napoleon comes back into his life. Pedro would be the main character, and it would be an outside observation of Napoleon as a character and a more modern dramatic take on it. Uh, Jason Schaaf says, Napoleon is a pro-fisher and is on his way to becoming the um, fishing champion. But an unfortunate... Fishing as in, like, angling? Yes. Okay. I guess. 
Sure. Um, got fishing is in internet scouts. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's with an F, not a mm. PH. Yeah. Yeah. But an unfortunate accident while beating his hook has injured him and now he's afraid to compete. It'll take all his friends coming together to convince him to compete again. Beating his hook, is that a euphemism? Or? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> Sounds it. Was that but, it? No. But how will they be able to balance their lives, Kip's rap career, Pedro's political campaigning, Deb's glamour shop business, and Rico's job announcing the local high school football games and help Napoleon all at the same time. All these answers and more in Napoleon Dynamite 2. Back in the halibut. Oh, back in the halibut is a fish. I mean... Yeah, right. I've never heard of that fish. Okay. Well, I don't know what... Where did he get the idea that he's a fish? Yeah. Then? I guess they just liked a version of back in the habit. Yeah. Oh, no. There is a scene where he says, I caught this fish for you. There's this, this really good fish caught for you. Caught a sweet bass. I caught a sweet bass. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 so I guess it's calling back to I that, knew there was so. something. Okay, yeah. So, okay. Cool. No. Okay, sure, yeah. Like it. Very good. Ross Burton has done the most Ross Burton answer ever. Uh, Napoleon Gelignite or <laughs> Napoleon Semtex. I'm assuming are two different kinds of explosive. Yes, they are. That yes. only a scientist would know. Well, I'm no scientist, but I've heard of Semtex. By yeah. scientist, I mean that in the, the biggest of, of, of quotes. Sure, yeah. Air quotes. Yeah. Air quotes, yes. Great. Uh, Bonzo Pizarro says, Uncle Rico and Kip, travelogue series, selling Tupperware cross-country. 26 episodes, they sell no Tupperware and fail to travel back in time. That was that thing. I'd been watch the hell out of that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's the best one so far. Yeah. Well done to you. <laughs> uh, Colin Elliott says Mussolini Dynamite. Sure. sure uh, another famous di- European dictator. Ah, yes. Yes, Mussolini. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yes. Um, and the last one I've got here, from Simon J. Locke. The sequel takes our main characters from rural Iowa to Australia. Napoleon Vegemite. Is that an Australian term? I, I think Vegemite is a is Marmite for them. Oh, okay, sure. Sure. It is, yeah. Very good. Uh, okay, I have some as well. Uh, Dan Costa said, The year is 3071. The earth is a scorched wasteland. The movie opens with two scavengers searching the ruins of ancient cities for precious metals and resources. While digging through the rubble, they find Uncle Rico's time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Using their ion-boosting stabilizers, they boot up the machine. It miraculously starts working and zaps them back to our present day. Napoleon Dynamite is now a father with little dynamites of his own. <laughs> with the help of his kids and some old friends, Napoleon will teach his friends from the future how sweet life can be. Nice. Very good. I can't believe we didn't even talk about that scene earlier. The time machine scene. Oh, it kills! <laughs> like, <laughs> Uncle Rico like, comes in and he's like, all disorientated. <laughs> Could have told you about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eBay or something. <laughs> Bless. Um... Stephen Castleton said, not a sequel, but a prequel following Uncle Rico through his college years and finding out if he really did throw that football over those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Dukoff has a similar idea to yours, Harry. Uh, Napoleon runs for president and then wins. Great. Yeah. Into less detail than me. Not less detail, but similar <laughs> concept. Mary S- Was it a better idea? Who knows? Who can say? Marty Samocha said, let's just go back in time and stop people from making the first one. So I guess Marty was... An equally as good sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew Malwitz also said, uh, I don't know, same crap as the first one. Disjointed scenes of him just doing stuff. Maybe he's ordering a burger or something. So, yeah. Oh, he's mad. Why are you mad though? Clearly, this is a Marmite film. So I, I feel, feel, I feel vindicated. I feel like you're highlighting the bad comments. <laughs> no, the only are, these, two... are these all written by at J. Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that was by Pond Ducas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good, uh, good quick fake naming yeah they're the only two negative ones I've got lots of you know genuine, genuine sequel players mm-hmm. uh, Mike Carey said Uncle Rico's Wild Ride 
Uh, Ollie Brady said, no, Napoleon Dynamite. So that <laughs> nice. might be a negative, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, at the cinema guy said, Napoleon and Kip get the time machine working. Wanting to travel to, <laughs> wanting to, travel to 1982, they end up in 1985, where they find Marty and Doc to help them to get back to 1982. Cute. Before having an insane adventure as they help a young Rico to get into the championship in the fourth quarter and change the future. Sure. So I, I guess like it's like Back to the Future 2 meets Napoleon Dynamite. Sure. And finally, very similarly, Josh at Jaffy... I, I wouldn't begin to know how to pronounce this. Josh at J-A-F-Y-T-C-Z-Y-K said... Uncle Rico... Oh, Jafutskik. Yeah, Jafutskik. Jafutskik, yeah. So Jafutskik said, Uncle Rico prequel telling the story of him not getting into the game in the fourth quarter. So... Lots of ideas for Uncle Rico origin stories. Could have won it, I swear to God. That name would score very well in Scrabble. Yeah, a would if you could play. Points, yeah. Uh, great, yeah. So those are our sequel ideas for Napoleon Dynamite. If you have any sequel ideas for Napoleon Dynamite or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know and we will guess on it. You can also find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And Harry, next week we are having another Patreon on, I believe. Two in a row? I think so, yeah. What? I don't know. Well, I didn't schedule this, but yeah, that's how it's fallen out. That's crazy. So, yeah, next week we're having another returning guest as well. That is uh, Daniel Tickner. Hey! He's going to be joining us from all the way over in Australia Mm -hmm. to discuss the classic... Wow, that's a long flight. Yeah, the classic musical, Oliver! Mm. Exclamation mark. Oliver? Oliver, Oliver. Never before has a boy wanted more. Yes. So, Charles Dickens' classic tale, Oliver. Yes. That'll be something a little bit different for us, I think. Great. So, yeah, tune in next week for Oliver, if indeed you... Want some more? Um, thanks for having me. Oh, sorry, Louise. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Louise. Peace out. Thank you for coming on and submitting this high-quality motion picture that I very much enjoyed watching. Feel free to slap him or me. <laughs> I wanted it to end on his like evil laugh. Sorry. Uh, so yes, thank you for coming, Louise. And is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh, sign off? No, you should really consider subscribing to Beyond the Box if you've. Enjoyed yeah. this episode. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Louise. That was, a, that was a very charitable plug. So, yeah, thank you, Louise, for your time. Uh, and thank you for... Um, thank you, Harry, I guess. Mm. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And, yep, join us next week for Oliver. Yes. Cool. Cool. Thank you, already. Bye. 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 Technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology, always and forever.